Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you this evening as we always do, asking for you to be present among us. And we trust that you are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We took a couple of days over spring break and went to St. Louis. I have an aunt and uncle who live there, and um, no one in my immediate family besides me had ever been, so we did the sights. And one of the things that we heard about as soon as we told anybody that we were taking our children to St. Louis, they said that we had to see something called the City Museum. I don't know if any of you are aware of what this is, but they use the term museum incredibly loosely in St. Louis, apparently, uh, because I don't think that there's anything about the city museum that is museum-like in any way. Uh, the best way to describe it is sort of a 10-story maze, <laughs> perfect for small children. <laughs> that you might lose. They climb up sort of into the ceiling on the first floor and you see them again six hours later. This is how it goes. We actually lost Charlie uh, for about 15 minutes before the staff brought him back to us. They said, are you looking for somebody? Because we were clearly beginning to sweat bullets. Um, and I discovered something about myself at the city museum when um, one of my children asked me to come into a certain area with him and slide down a certain slide, and I said that I would, and I found myself, after sliding down this slide, in an area that was basically the same width as my shoulders. And I was sort of underneath the floor and had, had to wriggle um, this way or that way, and you know, you're not sure where the exits are, you just know that you're in this giant building with this, these wire mazes, and it's all of a sudden very small. And I wouldn't have thought of myself as a claustrophobic person until I got myself into a claustrophobic situation and I realized how uncomfortable I was, not knowing exactly how to get out and feeling the walls being very close to me. And all of a sudden I had this sense image of basically being trapped there forever running out of food and water eventually, and uh, somebody on the staff of the city museum eventually finding my skeleton and sort of having to bring one of those saws from high school shop class to, to cut me out of this maze. And it was an ordeal. It was really one of the only words that I could think of. I'm sure all of the other adults who were there were having a great time. I all of a sudden found myself having a very bad time in the midst of everyone else having a wonderful time. And I'm not saying that they're the same thing by any stretch of the imagination, but it came to my mind this week when one of the elders said, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. Because when I finally was able to sort of wriggle my way to freedom, the sense of relief I felt 
was profound. Now this is a very different vision than what I experienced at the City Museum. I don't want to imply that I was literally on the brink of death as um, we're seeing here. This is a vision that John is having of the end of time where he's seeing the Lamb seated on the throne and worshipers gathering around of every tongue, tribe, and nation. Worshipers from all over the world. Everyone is there praising the Lamb. And one of the elders says, who are these people robed in white, honoring God? And we hear, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have had their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And I was thinking this week of the reasons that I felt so afraid in the bowels of the city museum because I realized all of a sudden, or I thought, that I wasn't going to be able to save myself. I thought I was going to have to cry out for the employees of the city museum who had brought Charlie to us once already. Now they were going to have to save a 38-year-old adult from this maze. And I realized all of a sudden how powerless I felt. And that was where my fear came from. And then I read this again, and the first praise chorus that this group of worshipers sings to the Lamb seated on the throne is such a profound one. They say, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And at first, I've probably read this every couple of weeks for my entire ordained life because this is one of the most popular readings for funerals. This is a very sort of hopeful vision of the end of things. It means a lot for a grieving family to hear at the end of this, they will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And when I saw that this was the reading assigned for this Sunday, I thought to myself, well, I'm going to have to figure out something new to say. I can't just preach a funeral sermon on a normal Sunday. And then I thought, actually, that's exactly what I'll do. And really, that's what we do every single Sunday, isn't it? We come Together, as St. Paul says, dead in our trespasses and sins. We come together week by week by week to hear the good news of a Savior who defeated death. That death is not the end, that we have this hope for a time when this great ordeal will be over. You probably heard my story of fear in the city museum and thought, that guy doesn't have any idea about the kind of things that I deal with every day. And it's true. My time in the city museum lasted a minute. You are dealing with this great ordeal every day. Everyone who comes to a church comes out of a sense of some need, whether it's expressed or not. Everybody who doesn't come to a church has this same need. We all experience life in this place 
as more or less of a great ordeal. And so we come to hear a word of comfort. And this first praise chorus is actually that great word of comfort because salvation belongs not to you and not to me. Salvation belongs to our God. As I lay trapped in that tube in the city museum, as we all deal with the ordeals of our everyday life, our great fear is that we won't be able to extricate ourselves from our situations. We won't be able to save ourselves. This is the source of our fear. But listen, salvation doesn't belong to you. You don't have to save yourself. This is the good news of Christianity. Salvation belongs to our God. And he is sitting on the throne. I was noting this in our opening hymn this evening in uh, the third verse when we sang, In death's dark veil I fear no ill. How can this be possible? In death's dark veil, I fear no ill. With thee, dear Lord, beside me. The reason is, salvation is not our job. Salvation belongs to our God. And he has sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, from heaven to earth, to be our salvation, to live as one of us, to die for us, to be resurrected for our eternal life. This is the good news for those of us who right now are in the midst of a great ordeal. We are, each and every one of us. Your ordeal may look nothing like mine, may look nothing like the person sitting next to you in the pew, but we are all in the midst of a great ordeal. But listen to the hope that we have. Who are these robed in white and where have they come from? These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have what? Washed their robes and made them white. Not on their own, but in the blood of the Lamb. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb, the center of the throne, will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Doesn't it sound wonderful? Doesn't it sound impossible? It's just as impossible as fearing no ill in death's dark veil. There is only one thing that makes this great news possible. And it is this. Salvation belongs to our God and not to us. And he he is seated on the throne and it is accomplished. Amen.